if I speak, I prefer really not to. I prefer not to no answer to the question. If I speak, I am in, in I big trouble. Like uh, because if I, I speak about say. it, uh, I prefer not to speak. I don't want to speak. If I, I speak, not comment because it's not. No. Uh, I don't want to speak. I don't speak with you. I have nothing, nothing, nothing to say. I prefer not to speak. Really, I, don't I prefer speak. not to speak. I prefer not to comment because I have nothing to say. I'm so sorry. I have nothing to say. Hello, hello. I greet you all in the name of football. My name is Charlie and welcome to the I Prefer Not To Speak podcast, where we let the football do the talking. Thank you for joining us. We've got a great show lined up for you today. Once again, I'll be riding solo. Chicho was busy this past weekend. It was his birthday. Happy birthday to the homie. I can hold things down. First up, I'm going to be reviewing this weekend's EPL games and then give my verdict on the action that ensued. Without further ado, let's get into the weekend rundown. First up, Saturday lunchtime kickoff. Burnley visited Liverpool at Everton and the host would take the lead 18 minutes into the first half when Diego Jota got in between the Burnley defenders to, to convert a Chimiska's cross with a header. Anfield crowd went wild. First goal at Anfield for the season. That boy Diego Jota is a threat. Liverpool continued to create chances and dominate Burnley. Both teams would have goals ruled out for offside before a beautiful Liverpool team move resulted in Mane's first and Poole's second halfway into the second half. Poole would see out another professional performance and secure another clean sheet. Liverpool 2, Burnley 0. Next up, Villa hosted Newcastle at Villa Park. Newcastle will create some promising chances with Callum Wilson failing to convert after going through one-on-one with the keeper. Oh boy, what a weak effort from Wilson. Should have been 1-0 for Newcastle. Right before halftime, industry from Villa with the long throw and a lapse in concentration from Newcastle resulted in an absolute banger from Ings. A beautiful overhead kick from the veteran marksman. Get him Danny. Wow, 1-0 Villa. In the second half, Newcastle's Jamal LaSalle would get penalized for a handball in the box and Anuel Ghazi would double Villa's lead in front of the Villa Park faithful. 2-0 for Villa. Their first three points and clean sheet. Up next, Crystal Palace hosted newly promoted Brentford and it would end in a goalless draw but not without want of trying as both teams went close with chances. Strike in the post and come in close as you can without scoring. A point for each side well deserved. Up next, we head to Ellen Road where the Toffees visited Leeds. A penalty would be awarded half an hour into the game by VAR for shirt pulling in the box. Liam Cooper the culprit. Calvert-Lewin converted the penalty with conviction but shortly before half time, Klitsch for Leeds would equalize against a run of play thanks to good work from Bamford holding up the ball. Five minutes into the second, Everton would retake the lead after a cute turn from Damari Gray. What? Halfway into the second half, Leeds would draw level after a long ball resulted in a wonderful left foot strike from the right by Rafinha. Great hit from the Brazilian. So effortless. It would end 2-2, all square at Ellen Road. Next up. Newly promoted side visited the Premier League champions Manchester City. After good pressure, Man City found early fortune with an own goal off Tim Crow. Halfway into the first, the City pressure remained relentless, forcing a second goal that ricocheted off Grealish. 
To be honest, he knew nothing about it. Jack is off the mark for City. City's movement caused trouble for Norwich. Halfway into the second half, ricocheted in the box with Laporte putting away a loose ball to make it 3-0 City. This one would be completely one-sided. A beautiful build-up from City five minutes later led to a tap-in for Sterling to make it four. Six minutes from time, another beautiful build-up from City would carve Norwich open for Mares to score the fifth. It would end 5-0 to City. Now, up to Brighton. Potter's men hosted Watford at the Amex. Brighton would take an early lead through a corner headed in off the post by Shane Duffy. Brighton's second goal would come four minutes from half-time after a great interception by Bissouma, poor from Watford trying to play from the back. That would be all for Saturday, we move on to the Sunday games. First up, Manchester United visited Southampton, and United would come close early, but half an hour into the game, the Saints would stun United with a deflected shot from Che Adams to give Southampton the lead, which they took into half-time. Five minutes after the half, would draw level for United with a left foot strike after good work from Pogba. United would try push for a winner through Pogba and Bruno but almost conceded when Harry Maguire was caught napping. De Gea would produce an outstanding save but Armstrong should have done better. The game would end level, Saints won, United won. 27 games unbeaten away from home in the Premier League. Next up, Spurs visited Wolves and would be awarded a penalty 10 minutes into the game when the keeper brought down Dele Ali. He would dust himself off and convert to give Spurs the lead. Spurs would hold on to an away win despite effort to equalize from Jimenez and Traore who continues his bad form. Spurs come away with a 1-0 win, clean sheet and 3 points. Next up, next up, the big Super Sunday main event, London Derby. Arsenal vs Chelsea at the Emirates, Lukaku would start and waste no time making his mark after a beautiful team move from Chelsea and across from Rhys James who had a hell of a game. 20 minutes later, good work from Chelsea resulted in Rhys James popping up on the right to strike and make it 2. Arsenal would fail to mount a comeback and Chelsea would come close to extending their lead through Lukaku who had a dream debut. Arsenal nil, Chelsea 2, disappointing from the Gunners. Now. Let's get into our Monday night football main event. Leicester visited West Ham at the London Stadium and 26 minutes in, good play from Ben Rama on the left would set up Pablo Fornals for a left footed tap in. 1-0 West Ham going into half time. 10 minutes into the second half, Ben Rama would get a second goal of the season after a foolish back pass attempt from Soyunku was intercepted by Mikel Antonio who put it, who put it on a plate for Ben Rama. 2-0 West Ham. Soyunku would have a horror show of a game. Leicester would pull one back through Tillmans after Madison found him from the left. And just as Leicester thought they were getting back into the game, Fornals would set up Antonio in the box, who bullied Soyunku before scoring the third for West Ham. Antonio was not done as he was fed again in the box. He flicked the ball over his head with a beautiful first touch and poked it in as the defenders and goalkeeper watched on helplessly. Brilliant from Antonio. He's a bad man. West Ham 4, Leicester 1. 8 goals for West Ham in the first 2 games. That was the weekend rundown. Now let me give you my personal takeaways. The weekend for me was mediocre. I don't know what more to say. It was mediocre. All in all, if I were to summarize it before I really get into it, I would say teams were still a bit cautious it's not 
I don't got that full Premier League feel. If you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying? This is the best league in the world for a reason. It's competitive. So I'm not I'm not getting those feels yet. Nah, not one hundred. Not one hundred. Teams aren't fighting back. There's not much competition. I'm hoping as the fitness levels go up. I'm hoping as the fitness levels go up, things will get better with time. It'll get a bit more competitive. I'll speak on it a bit more later. Teams, teams go down, they don't fight back. It was toothless. Really, it was toothless. Teams are not fighting back. We had a London derby. A London derby with the two biggest clubs in, uh, in London. And honestly... It was one way. It looked exactly like what it was. A Champions League team or Champions League winners versus a mid-table team. A 10th place team. FA Cup winners two years ago. Wow. Now let's get into who impressed me the most. I gotta say Chelsea and Liverpool are really looking on it. It looks as if Lukaku is fitting seamlessly into the Chelsea system, and big credit goes to Tuchel for that. Reese James and Alonso are doing good work on the wings. As a unit, they have been solid defensively. Liverpool have a dangerous look about them. I think they have something to prove after their misfortune with injuries last season, and they really do mean business. They've had two solid all-round professional performances. Spurs have also impressed in Kane's absence and without really adding to their squad this season. Good on them for removing the toxicity from the club. Mourinho is a great manager but he gets in his own way more often than not. He's managed at the two biggest clubs in the world, Manchester United and Real Madrid, but still failed to put the team first or put the club first. And that ultimately will always be his downfall. Mourinho always fails to put the team first, it's Mourinho first. His ego is enormous. Nuno Santos, on the other hand, is very calm, patient, and respectful. He's had relative managerial success everywhere he's been. Porto, Valencia, Wolves. He has European experience with all his former sides and has helped them punch above their weight. I personally feel something that's not talked about enough or at all it's how they did him dirty at Valencia after he had guided them to Champions League football. He was sacked and replaced with the vastly inexperienced Gary Neville and Valencia have never been the same since. Pick up yourself Nuno for how you came back from that. Now let's touch on the disappointments of the week. Nobody expected them to beat Chelsea but this was a London derby and they failed to put up a fight. Can somebody please tell me what Arteta is doing? Arteta's trying to get fired, I promise you. He is trying to get the sack. I don't know why he's fielding all these rookies and experimenting with different styles at this point in his Arsenal tenure. I even forgot Thomas Partey plays for them. Honestly, when he came off the bench, I was like, whoa. I forgot they bought Partey just under a year ago, almost around last year this time. Deadline day last year. They got party. I'm gonna need some Arsenal fans to tell me what's going on. Lacazette, Obamayang, what's the story? What's the story? Things do not look good. I think there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes. And Arteta is under immense pressure. 
I don't see how you can give him any more time. And I don't see how or why fans online like comparing him to Ole. Big difference between Ole and Arteta. Firstly, as a player, Ole has won everything you can win as a player. Arteta has won the FA Cup. That is all. As managers, Ole has been a manager for over 10 years and has won leagues in Norway. Yes, Arteta won the FA Cup, but many people have won the FA Cup. Roberto Martinez also won the FA Cup with a Wigan side that got relegated that very same season. Harry Redknapp won the FA Cup with the Portsmouth side that got relegated the very next season. I'm just trying to show you that winning the FA Cup isn't really you won five games. That's all it means. Knockout games, knockout football, you held on 1-0. That's what it is. So for me, I don't get the comparisons. It's very much how they tried to compare Lampard with Lampard with Ole. Now, if you look at Steven Gerrard, right now there's some noise being made. Why is the noise being made? Because he's winning leagues. But in Scotland. Don't tell me Scotland and Norway, the quality of football is that far off. In fact, I would say Norway might have a better pool of talent right now. And now compared to what Steven Gerrard is doing. So that's somebody who's building his reputation. It doesn't mean he's ready for the Premier League. It doesn't mean Gerrard is ready for the Premier League. But he's building his reputation. He's building his reputation. He's getting the experience. The experience he needs. I don't know what Arteta is doing. Or what Arsenal were doing hiring Arteta. Why do you think Patrick Vieira is a legend. But he's managing Crystal Palace right now. You want to tell me that. You want to tell me that Arteta's football mind and CV surpasses Patrick Vieira's, Thierry Henry's. These guys are all managers, by the way. Thierry Henry didn't do well at Monaco, but he's a manager too. What are we doing here, Arsenal? What are we doing here? Arteta is drowning. Palace drew with Brentford, but if they're going to stay in the Premier League, they need to be winning these kind of games at home against promoted clubs and other Premier League strugglers. Manchester United failed to build on their opening day performance. Ole once again remained reserved and kept his toys on the bench. They were able to salvage the draw after going down early and have tied the record for the number of unbeaten EPL away games. United fans will no doubt be disappointed, but it is a fair result. But it is a fair result and may not be too damaging in the long run. Also, you, you guys gotta bear in mind that away teams are still adapted to having crowds in the stadium. Most of United's unbeaten away streak was helped by the fact that there were no crowds in the stadium. For me, for me, I feel like Ole made the same mistake that Southgate did by marginalizing Sancho. I don't understand why they're holding Sancho back, but I beg him to unleash Sancho. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I beg you to unleash Sancho because we're dying to see what he can really do. I beg him to play Sancho. Let the boys start. Let him play, especially while Rashford is unavailable. Another little note on United. Martial is finished. Much, much like Samson. Much like Samson. His powers have left with his hair. Another disappointing performance from the Frenchman. 
high. Officiating was decent this past weekend, but we gotta talk about this. Newcastle for the second week in a row got hard done by. Last week they got a suspect penalty awarded against them. This week, same thing. I mean, I don't like complaining about officiating, but not successive weeks. Not like this. Hopefully it'll even itself out as the season goes on. But I feel bad for Newcastle. They're already a bad side. Ooh, almost forgot. Brighton is looking good. I don't know what Potter's doing, but he's got those boys firing. And Neil Maupay is a great striker. He's been carving his teeth in the prem for a few years now. And I think and I think this season he's actually gonna pop off with the rest of the team. Yo! Promoted clubs had it rough. Uh, there was a loss for Norwich and Watford, but Brentford continued to impress. Speaking of Brentford impressing, Crystal Palace, I believe, are in trouble. Crystal Palace are in big, big trouble. I hope Vieira can do something because it doesn't look like they've invested much. Somehow they've gotten Zaha to stay put, but or maybe nobody has the money to buy him, but. I don't know how Palace are going to survive this season. Other teams that I'm worried about, Newcastle, Wolves, and Burnley. All those teams I am worried about, along with the two promoted clubs which lost this week. Brentford is very surprising. They might be the surprise package of the season, I must say. Alright, let's get into our little, you know, goal of the week, manager of the week, game of the week, and so forth, player of the week. Let's get into all that. First of all, goal of the week. This one isn't even close. Danny Danny Ings delivered a goal of the season contender as Villa bounced back from an opening day loss. My personal manager of the week, I think from my breakdown, it goes without saying Nuno Santos for maintaining a 100% record throughout the two games without Kane. He's done a great job. Not just a 100% record, but clean sheets both games. 1-0 to the Spurs. Game of the week. Some people might find it controversial, but I'll go with the London Derby. Yeah, I'm a sucker for the big games. I'm a sucker for Super Sunday blockbusters. And Tuchel's men delivered a virtuoso performance. Lukaku was big time. Just on the managerial thing, on United. I just want to put it out there. My favorite manager in the league is Ralph Houston Hunter from Southampton. I feel like he's a really good manager and he deserves big opportunity. I hope he gets a bigger job soon because he's been doing great work at Southampton. Nobody's really noticing it. Nobody's really talking about it. So, you know, you know, I, I prefer not to speak. Someone got to speak on it. So I'm just hoping y'all, y'all recognize him because he's doing work. He's got Southampton punching hard. They're taking his players. He just keeps coaching. He keeps doing his job. So big up. I almost gave him manager of the week, but I gotta go with Nuno. Without Kane, not just without Kane, but with all the transfer drama surrounding him. It's crazy. It goes without saying that Antonio is this week's player of the week with a godly performance. His touches in the box were perfect and his decision making was second to none. I was also tempted to make Moyes our manager of the week because he's got West Ham rocking with two wins and eight goals in the first two games of the season. But like I said, the work Nuno has done at Spurs is huge and should not be understated. Two more things I'd like to add. Damari Gray at Everton. 
I think that's a great fit. Damari Gray, he's been around for a while. He blew up at Birmingham and his career stagnated a bit, but I think he's at the right place. He has the right manager. I think he's got the stuff. If I recall, he blew up around the same time as Zaha. Zaha was in the championship at that time. Same time as Damari. Also, one thing that I noticed was the media. The English, British media, I don't know what they're called. One thing I noticed is that they're starting to make a big deal about penalty kick takers. They're starting to make deal about British penalty kick takers. And just pay attention to when Calvert-Lewin scores his penalty and when De La Ali scores his penalty. The commentary, the way they react, the gas. It's real gas. But let's not do that. Let's not do that. Let's move on. Let's move on from all that. It's a new season. There's a World Cup next year, so let's move on from all that. I noticed the British media doing that. I just wanted to note that it's a bit extra. It's a bit extra for me. Anyway, that's pretty much all I have for y'all today. But I'm hoping y'all join into the discussions. Y'all join in. Don't be afraid to join in. Send through the stuff. Follow us on social media. Like, share, and subscribe. I prefer not to speak football podcast. My name is Charlie. And thanks for listening. If I speak about it, maybe... If I speak, I have to go to the FA for a visit. Maybe I have to stay. I prefer really not to spend for a few weeks. Maybe I have to spend some If I speak, I am in in big trouble. Spend money with Christmas gifts. The referee has a good life because now he goes home. And uh, he's free of everything. And next Sunday he's in another match. And life goes on. For us, it's like this. Thank you for talking. Thank you.